This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. We're going to celebrate Christmas today, right? And so we're, we're calling this, you know, we, we started this series a few weeks ago, and we're called Enjoying Christmas. And, and I know for, for many people, Christmas can be one of the most stressful times of the year. And you know, some people say, well, it doesn't feel like Christmas. And I get it. You know, it, it doesn't feel like Christmas to me unless I go to a mall. And I went for about 10 minutes yesterday and I just had enough of it, right? And so <laughs> just, just too many people and, you know, too many choices to make. And so we're talking about enjoying Christmas. So in Luke, the, Luke, the second chapter, uh, Luke is, is giving his account of the gospel. He's given his account of the birth of Christ. And as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, that Luke was a, he was not one of the original 12 disciples of Jesus. He was, he was a doctor that traveled with Jesus and with his disciples. And he, you know, evidently he just kind of left his profession because he's something, he saw something that was just totally amazing. And so he left his profession and he just traveled with Jesus and his disciples for several years. And he, he did, he documented, I mean, in detail, uh, many aspects of, of Jesus' ministry from his, from his birth to his healing ministry to his crucifixion to his resurrection, Luke just laid it out. And so as a doctor, he would come from a very, not skeptical, but a very analytical standpoint. And so when, you know, he's, he's scrutinizing things, he's very detailed about things. And so in Luke, the second chapter, verse 17, Luke writes this, it said, and when they had seen him, another, you know, when the shepherds saw him, when, you know, because they saw that the kids were describing the star that looked like the cross and, and it led them to Jesus. And it said, when they saw him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed. Everybody say amazed. amazed. They were amazed at what the shepherds said to them, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And so, you know, we looked at this a couple of weeks ago and we unpacked this, that there's, there's three, three big points that we see right in here in this just small portion of scripture. Number one, they, they told others. And how many of you know that we're to tell others about what we know about Jesus? I mean, we've been, given, we've been given a mandate, right? We are to go into all the world and preach, proclaim, tell others about Jesus. We are to, to reach other people for Christ. So they told others. And then it said this, that, the, uh, that the, the, the shepherds were amazed. And the people were amazed at what they heard about this child that had been born. They, they, they were in amazement. And so the, the big question is, is can you and I still be in amazement today? Should we still be amazed at the story? I mean, at the whole reason that we're celebrating this season, should you and I still be amazed at what happened? Well, I believe that we should, and I believe that when you know, by the, we get finished with this message, which is going to be really short, um, by, by the time we finish this, I believe that we're all going to look at this different and say, man, that, that is amazing. And it's still amazing. So, uh, the, so we are to, to be amazed. And then we are, and it said of Mary that she pondered all these things in her heart. And so it's, it's when we ponder these things that we can, we can 
revisit, that we can go back to that amazement that we had that maybe when we were first saved or, you know, when we had a great experience of God that when we ponder, when we begin to think on and rehearse, what actually happened on that day? Amen? That, that we, can, we, can, we can be in amazement. Einstein once remarked that a person who no longer pauses to wonder is as good as dead. A person who no longer pauses to wonder is as good as dead. And so we're going to take the next few minutes and we're going to wonder, right? We're, we're going to think about, we're going to ponder the birth of the Savior of the world. Amen. And so uh, I believe it's going, it's going to help us. So, and if there was ever a group of people, if there was ever a group of people that should wonder and be in amazement, it is those who are followers of Christ. I mean, it should be something that every day that we're just going, wow. Wow. And when we think about how it happened and why it happened, and it happened for us individually and purposefully, I mean, we, just, we can just, man, that is awesome. That is amazing. The lengths that God went to to rescue us. I mean, the, the depths that he went to to rescue us, to, to save us. And so if, it's ever a, if there's ever a group of people who should stand in wonder and amazement, it would be those who are followers of Jesus. And if there was ever a time to do so, it would be now. Right? It would be during this season that we're in. So as we prepare for Christmas, and I know you and anybody completely prepared or you still have stuff to do and let me see here you still have stuff to do let me raise your hand okay anybody that's lying about it raise your hand <clears throat> so as, as we prepare for Christmas it's good for us to remind ourselves to not to take for granted that Jesus came that he came and it's also good to remember that it's God's nature to always come to his children when they're in need. Did you know that? I mean, from the very, very beginning, I mean, Adam and Eve were in, in need. And they didn't go to God. God came to them. Adam, where are you? Where, I mean, he went looking for them in, in, in the garden. Where are you, Adam? So God, God, it's his character. It's his nature to always come to his children when his children are in need always so you you might be going through this season and and you're lonely or maybe there, there there's someone absent or maybe someone's not coming or whatever the reason might be or there wasn't there wasn't enough money or there was no money and you're just man i'm just and it could be kind of you know just a downer but you need to know this that there is a comforter that there is a helper that there is someone, I mean, that even, even if all this, you see, because all the, not all these, all of these things are peripheral, but, you know, getting all the gifts, spending all the money, all this is peripheral to the real thing. And I'm not, you know, not trying to be cheesy and not trying to Jesus juke you or anything, but, you know, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. Yeah, we, we, yeah, he is. I mean, he really is. Right? I mean, his is the only birthday that we celebrate that 
we all give gifts to one another and we all be well not really y'all notice that you know now you go to birthday parties used to when you when you have a birthday party everybody brought the birthday person a gift now you got to give everybody who comes to the party a gift that just don't make sense to me <laughs> So anyway, God came to Adam and Eve in the, in the cool of the day, and, and he asked, where are you? He always comes to his children, and there will be a future coming, right? He, he will come to, and, and he spoke of a future coming even then. He, he prophesied, God prophesied himself that one day the, you know, the, the seed of the woman is going to come and is going to crush the head of Satan. Wasn't that a big help? Yeah, that, that was a... A big help. So in, in Matthew, the first chapter, Matthew, the first chapter, Matthew's writing his account of, of the birth of Jesus. It says this, this is how Jesus, the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Through the ages, I mean, and, and I'm going to read you some things in just a minute, but throughout the ages, many people have stood in awe and amazement of this one fact, that this one fact that God, took on flesh, that God came to dwell with men. And so I'll, I'll just read you a few of them. John Chrysostom, he was, he was born in, in 383-47. He died in, in 407. That, that is a long time ago, in case you didn't know. Okay. He said this. He said, what shall I say and how shall I describe this birth to you? For this wonder fills me with astonishment. The ancient of days has become an infant. He who sits upon the sublime and heavenly throne now lies in a manger. Centuries later, Martin Luther observes this. He said, the mystery of the humanity of Christ, that he sunk himself into our flesh, is beyond all human understanding. He said, the Son of God did not want to be seen and found in heaven. Therefore, he descended from heaven into this humility, and he came to us in our flesh, laid himself into the womb of his mother and into the manger, and went on to the cross. This was the ladder that he placed on earth so that we might ascend to God on it. This is the way you must take. Man, I, man those are just profound words. <clears throat> Charles Wesley, of course, he, he wrote a lot of hymns that you would sing, and, and, uh, but he, he, he wrote this. He described, and this is actually one of his songs, he describes the incarnation in these words. He said, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with, man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Amazing. 
A.W. Tozer said, I am struck with the wonder and the significance of the limitless meaning of these two words, he came. He came. And within them, the whole scope of divine mercy and redeeming love is outlined. Another wrote this. He said, the simple shepherds heard the voice of an angel and found their lamb. The wise men saw the light of a star and found their wisdom. Someone said, a virgin birth seems most appropriate and creative, creative way for God to enter this world. Max Licato said, the omnipotent in one instant made himself breakable. He who had been spirit became pierceable. He who was larger than the universe became an embryo. I want you to think about, I want you to, I want you to think about and, and just wonder, I mean, what, what it took you see because the answer for humanity had to be a perfect man. And there were no perfect men. So God himself had to take on flesh because he is perfect. He had to take on flesh, and he had to be tempted in every way that you and I are tempted. And he was, and he was without sin. God became man. Uh, one pastor wrote this. He says, you know, when you think about it, and I thought this was so good. He said, when you think about it, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, he came to save, rescue humanity. He shows up as a baby, born in a stable, placed in a manger. What could be more approachable? Everyone is welcome in a stable. Who feels unqualified or unworthy to be around a manger? Who feels inferior around a baby? If his purpose was to be an answer to everyone, it wouldn't make sense for him to show up as a conquering king and born in a secluded palace. That in itself would have communicated restricted or secluded. But this, this says it all. This says Emmanuel, God with us. Also to be revealed to shepherds and wise men, both ends of the social and economic, economic spectrum, saying everyone needs him. Everyone. Isn't that good? Out of all the places he could have been born, where was he born? I mean, you don't think that God could have found a Four Seasons? If he wanted Jesus born in the Four Seasons, don't you think that he could have made a way? But he didn't want it like that. Why? Because he wanted him accessible to everyone. Everyone. And now, whosoever will can come and partake of the water of life freely. It's not a rich man's Jesus. It's not a poor man's Jesus. It's a Jesus for every man. Amen. So regardless of where you are in life, he continues, regardless of where you are in life, this event, which seems to fly in the face of convention, actually makes sense in light of his mission. Amen? Amen? It makes sense. Jesus, God, who always was in the beginning, the creator, he became flesh. Yeah. 
He was veiled in flesh. He came, I mean, and he looked, I mean, he, he became so much like us that his own people didn't even recognize when he showed up. I mean, he was with them. He walked with them. They didn't recognize him. So much like us. Why? So he could be a substitute for us. So he could take our place so that he could take our penalty so that he could redeem us from our sins because him who knew no sin was made to be sin for us that we might be made right with God through him. That's awesome. And so as we ponder that, as you think about it, that he did it all for you. He did it all for you. Every bit of it he did for you. His, his incarnation was you. And incarnation just simply means you take on flesh. His incarnation was for you. His life was for you. His death was for you. His resurrection was for you. Now today, he's sitting at the right hand of God, forever making intercession, praying for you. Everything that he did was for you. He didn't need anything. He wasn't short on anything. He did it for us. He did it for you. Amen? As we think about that, we ponder that the depths that God went to. I mean, who could have dreamt it? Who could have come up with a plan other than God? Amen? And so maybe you're in here and, and, and maybe, maybe you're not right with God. Maybe you're not right with him. And, and what I mean by not right with God, that, that doesn't mean that you're, you're a bad person. You can be a very moral person. You can do a lot of good things, but being right with God is not about you being a good person. It's not about you being a moral person. Being right with God means that you've received what he's given. I mean, through Jesus through the gift of God, through the gift of salvation, that you receive him. So you want to give a, if you, if you really want to give a Christmas present to the one that it's all about anyway, you know, the, the greatest gift that you could give him is your whole life and your whole heart. I mean, just say, you just, just give it back to him. Just give it back to him. So I want to pray for anyone in here this morning and you that you know maybe you've maybe you've been a church member maybe you've been in church for a long time maybe you've you believe in God maybe you try to help people out maybe you sing in the choir or sung in the choir been a deacon been all these things but you know there's just something empty something missing on the inside and look I'm just asking everybody just sit still for a little bit and nobody moving around and this is important because, man, what a, what a day, what a time to give him the best gift. I mean, what can you give the giver? <clears throat> what can you give the, the giver? You can give him your heart and your life. <clears throat> Amen. So if you're, you're in here and you've never done that, we want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to stand, but just... Right there in your seat. You can say, I, I want to give my whole heart, my whole life to him. So just bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to count to three, and that's you. Just, just raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three, right now. Anyone here? Thank you. Thank you, man. I see your hand. 
looking across the room one more time. Thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Hey, let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Just, just from your heart, as sincerely as you know how, just say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart and my life. Change me. Make me brand new. From this day, with all that's within me, and with your help, I will follow you, Jesus. I will obey you. I will live for you. My life belongs to you. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Church, let's give these a real big hand. All right.